It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, I ventured out to the Child Center in beautiful North Portland, beautiful St. John's, uh, to see the Rip City Remix take on the G League Ignites for a chance to see potentially three lottery picks, almost certainly three first round picks in person this week. I want to talk about what I saw from Ron Holland and Matt Spazellis and Tyler Smith uh, and then and, and, and the rest of this, my G League experience. That's what we'll do to begin the show and then we'll close it with what you need to know, little bits and pieces, including an all-star starting nod for your boy old friend Dave. Me and Lillard. Let's get into the scout, though. Uh, first, like an obvious caveat here. I'm just some dude. <laughs> uh, I watch a lot of basketball. Um, I've always watched a lot of basketball since I was a small since I was a small person. Uh, I've watched a lot of basketball. I'm now an older person, and I watch a lot of basketball. But I'm not like a pro scout. This is this this is certainly not what I'm what I'm best at by any means. But I have opinions, and I you know, and I. I I do spend a lot of my time watching the sport, so uh, certainly not an expertise. And I think really what it, that, what I mean by that is like guys who do draft stuff professionally have like the breadth of all prospects in mind because they've seen they've seen tape, they've talked to folks, they know, so they can like think about these players in relation to the sixty or seventy other people who are like in that sort of draft range. Obviously, only sixty of them get selected. Usually, it's like fifty eight because the NBA like docks second round picks for some stupid ass reason. Uh, but like you, you know, I don't have the breadth of a top one hundred. Like I I just don't know scout players like that. But I feel relatively comfortable watching guys and saying, like, this are these are my impressions. So what this show is are my impressions. I want to talk Ron Holland, who's going to be a first-round pick, a lottery pick. Matis Bazelis, who's likely to be a lottery pick. And Tyler Smith, who wouldn't surprise me if he is up there, too, based on sort of what I what I gather about the 2024 draft class, which is that there's a lot of role players in it. It's a lot of, a lot of, not a lot of stars, but a lot of role players in it. Let's, let's start with Holland. Cause he was by far the best player on the court. Um, maybe not by far. Uh, Ashton Higgins was pretty good. Uh, and I thought George Condit, he, he doesn't jump, but he's like physical and gets it done. But, but, but Holland was by far the person who popped is like, if you didn't know, I think a good, uh, I, I went with a friend who, who's worked in the basketball world and worked in the sports world for, uh, for a while. And it's like, we talked about sort of the best way to, to, to scout these guys is to be like, say he had no idea. Say he didn't go in with any names, just like Judging on what what you saw tonight, who 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 would you say? Oh yeah, that's probably a future NBA guy. Holland passed that test easily. Holland is listed at six foot eight and was advertised to me coming into this game as like a power forward um, type of athlete. 
I think he's a shooting guard in the NBA. He's like 6'5". <laughs> there is n- like so Mo Harkless played in this game. Uh, the former Blazer great Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless is like 6'8", 6'9". Ron Holland is significantly smaller than Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless wasn't quite big enough to play power forward in the NBA and Ron Holland is significantly smaller than him. He's a teenager. He's got, you know, he's like he's whatever, a few months removed from high school and not, not quite a full a full year from from graduating high school, but like He's a two, I think. <laughs> he could probably play small forward and be fine. He's like six, somewhere between six four and six six, but he's not big. Like he he looks like a shooting guard to me. That was the number one thing. Doesn't mean that he wasn't athletic. Didn't mean that he had, didn't have some nice plays. Had some rebounds in traffic. And he had a uh, the the ignite played on Monday and they played on Wednesday. On Monday, the ignite got blown the hell out. And my friends and and uh, some listeners who were in attendance all reported that the, that the draft the, the draft prospects were bad, that Holland was bad and Bozellus was bad, and that Tyler Smith was a uh, young big man was, was, was the most in- intriguing player. But I went on Wednesday, the second game of the set between the Remix and the G League Ignite, the Remix being the Portland's, Portland's um, G League affiliate who plays at the Child Center, the home of the University of Portland Pilots. So I went on Wednesday, Holland was Good. Like he finished with 31 points, six boards, uh, two assists, and two steals, and a block. He had four turnovers to commit some fouls, and at the end, he got into some unnecessary beef. He was beefing at the end, um, and and kind of like getting in some fracases. And maybe you maybe you star fracas as this dude plays with an edge, but I play. I started as like this guy's losing, and he's mad about it. Poor fella. Um, but gets rebounds in traffic like he doesn't he shot well in this game four of six from three i know the knock on him is that he can't shoot the first time he got an open three in this game wide open at the top of the key clang hard off the back right rim um i didn't come away thinking like oh he can shoot everyone's wrong i thought like he shot well tonight and he did but the athleticism is there the ball handling is there a first step to get himself into the paint he's competitive like he looks like an nba player he's just a wing he's a two or two, he's like a two. He's certainly like a two-three as opposed to a three-four, and that might change your. It changed my opinion of him as in terms of a Blazer prospect. If he was six-eight and like couldn't really shoot, but defended really well and could get, you know, could slash and get to the paint and like played with the played with the intensity of, and physicality that he does, I would be all in on him, right? Because he's like a big power forward who can who can hoop and and guard multiple positions. If he is like 6'5", which I think he is just looking at him, you know, I didn't measure him. He was announced as 6'8 in the starting lineup, but um, I didn't go out there with the measuring tape or the laser or anything. Like, I'm just watching him play. Um, If he is 6'5", I'm a lot less excited about him as specifically a member of the Blazers. Wouldn't mean that I would say don't draft him. Like, they just need talent. Draft as many talented players as you can get. But the sort of just like easy fit excitement, I feel like, uh, dwindled a little bit with Holland. But he can... He can handle the ball, at, um, he can, which is important because he's a guard. Um, but he can handle the ball. He's he, he has a physicality and the athleticism to to like that. He clearly looks like an NBA player. Had a rebound in traffic, a couple rebounds in traffic rather in the first half, where it's like, oh yeah, he's like physical and has that that just the ability to get off the floor and get up and get it in space. Uh, Sam Vecini wrote about this today in the Athletic. There just aren't that many bigs in the NBA or in the G League rather. Um, all those all like the true bigs, like true rim protector athletes. They they're like gone. They're out of there. They're they're in the league um hence like moses brownie bubaji are sitting on the blazers bench and not in the g league because like you need those players um 
so there's not like this like elite rim protection that would like is a good test for what Holland can be as a as a guy who's pretty much only a slasher. But I thought he was I thought he was solid. He passes the easiest obvious test. Are you do you look like an NBA player in my in my one look at him? Absolutely, and I trust all the other scouts. Uh, ESPN has him at 11 uh, on on their big board, and my man Raphael Barlow of Locked on NBA Big Board has him at nine. So like he's he's gonna be in that late lottery. He's definitely um, should the Warriors end up in that sort of late lottery section if the the Warriors pick rather that the Blazers have uh, top four protected in 2024, then Holland might be right in that range. But also I've seen him in Yahoo climb up all the way into the top five. So maybe with with the Blazers' own pick, they might have to decide to take Holland early. Um, to me, I, do I think like in one night, do I feel like I'm confident that he'll be a good NBA player? No, I have no idea, but I think he was obviously of the players you watched on the court. If the, if the names were off the back of the jerseys, you'd be like, yeah, that's, that's the best player on the court. That dude's the future NBA player. Um, it was, it was that obvious. Okay. He, he's the big one. He's the headliner. He's the, he's a guy who looked like a lottery pick. No question. Some other guys, Matas Bazelis, Tyler Smith, Ethan Amanza. Um, let's, let's talk about them and, and the rest of the, the G League Ignite guys in the second segment. But before we get there, let's talk eBay Motors. I want to help you build a championship team and they've teamed up with your boy, Joshy at Locked On Fantasy Basketball, the host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Josh Lloyd, bringing you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for DFS, Daily Fantasy Player, or you're a season-long waiver wire scourer, such as myself, you're going to want to listen to Josh because he's going to pick out the eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week and he's going to help you win your league or win the day. Josh's got an eye on a certain Portland Trailblazer this week, and it's Jabari Walker. Jabari solidified himself in the starting lineup. Like, he clearly deserves to play. Um, he's been more impactful and effective than Tumani Kamara in that role. Um, Tumani does different things, but what, what Jabari does as a rebounder and as a hustle guy is deep, is, is like, just, like, needed. They need him. They, 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 they I don't know, desperate because I don't think that's that kind of team, but they need what he does. He compliments his strengths, compliment Jeremy Grant's weaknesses, i.e. he rebounds, Jeremy Grant doesn't. Um, you know, he, the shooting might not always be there, but but Walker is going to play a bunch of minutes, and he is, as Josh points out, a double-double threat each and every night. So if you need someone to fill the rebound categories and score, you know, 12 to 13 points on at least decent efficiency and make a three here and there, plus random defensive stats with a steal and a block because my man hustles around, maybe not one every night, but a couple each week. Why not add Jabari Walker to your fantasy team? Josh Lloyd. The host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy league. It's going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And it's the same with your vehicle. So with over 122 million parts to choose from for your ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Whether you need brake lights, whether you need LED headlights, whether you need a roof rack, whether you need a new bumper, what whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Motors Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, these prices, you're burning rubber, baby, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's eBay Guaranteed Fit. It's available to U.S. customers only, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right. Ron Holland undoubtedly walk in the gym and in, in something that is, you know, it's professional basketball. It's clearly high level basketball. I thought, I think the remix play hard as hell. Um, they like, they're a, a very, they play a very physical brand of basketball. Shout out to my man, Jim Moran, coaching them to play, to play hard. And Ron Holland in that environment looks like an obvious surefire NBA 
future NBA player. The rest of his teammates? Yeah, I don't know. One game, one night. You know, I saw Ron Holland, according to this official G League box score I'm looking at over here. He played 29 minutes and 48 seconds. I got a little, just shy of a half hour of Ron Holland in person. I've read the scouting reports. I've watched a little bit of video. I've talked to my man, Raphael Barlow, both on and off mic about him. Um, I believe. I'm not sure I believe the other guys. Matos Bezelis was uh, was going to be this high-level recruit, high-level star recruit that people were excited about if he had gone to play college basketball. But he decided to go the professional route, go play for the G League. And he's big. Uh, he's listed at 6'11". It's another G League thing. <laughs> I, I don't know about those listed heights. He's like 6'9"-ish? Certainly not 6'11". I don't know how tall he is. Certainly not 6'11". Um, but he wasn't good. You know, the box score stats aren't particularly good. 8.6 boards. Uh, three of six from the floor. Missed his only three. I don't remember him taking it. But he, no, I do. It was a right wing three I know, for in the second half. But um, he... He had two of his baskets were pretty memorable. He got a grab and go rebound and went the length of the court and finished in 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 semi traffic. Bad transition defense, but um, you know he's big, six eight six nine, and grabs a rebound, dribbles ninety feet at full speed, and finishes uh, finishes off the glass with a layup. Like that is a skill set at his size that is really intriguing. And then he had a putback dunk where he jumped over everybody and got up to 12 feet and like just crammed home a dunk. Again, there's not super huge leapers in the G League and certainly not on the re- on the, on the remix uh, as currently constructed. But still, he jumped up well above the rim, grabbed the grabbed a you know one-handed uh, a punch dunk and 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 that was two of his three made field goals. Um, can't 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 tell you what the other one was, but I. I think he was most like he did not pass the if you didn't know his name, would he be an NBA type of prospect test? They tried to post him up and the physicality knocked him off his spot. And he took he took a, uh, one one tough fade away. Another one where he couldn't catch it because he got knocked off his spot. Another one where they cheated over the top and he spun around off of the off of the uh, post up and got to the rim and just got got swallowed up at the rim, got a shot blocked, eaten live, didn't have a chance. Um, he's big and pretty fluid at his size. But I think the physicality wasn't quite there for him and the shooting stroke wasn't there for him. And from what I understand, reading the G League box scores, he doesn't, he hasn't shot well at all with the G League. Um, He was supposed to be like a shooter and then have some secondary skills. And it seems more like he's a skilled slasher connector type wing who needs the shooting to pop in order to be a player in the NBA. I think that's a little concerning. Um... You know, ESPN has Buzelis at 10. Raphael had on, on his NBA big board at Locked, Locked and NBA big board. Raphael Barlow, that is, of Locked and NBA big board has him at four. And 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 Raphael said on this show last week that if, if Buzelis were to hit his ceiling, he might be the best player in this draft. But he's skeptical that he hits his ceiling. I mean, I think it's safe to say skeptical that we any of us in our line of work hit our ceiling, right? Uh, that's life. Uh, we're all doing our best. So... Buzelis, to me, is he an NBA player? I don't know. I didn't see enough of it. In, in the official box score said, I saw him play for 20 minutes and 10 seconds. Uh, no, didn't pass the smell test. But I'm going to trust the scouts. I'm sure Buzelis is going to be a lottery pick. I'm, I'm sure if he's there now at this you know, 4 through 10 range from the folks I trust, ESPN and, 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 and RAF, like, yeah, he's probably going to end up being like no, he's not going to fall like like fifteenth or seventeenth, even if the the wheels continue to uh, not run smoothly in the G League. Um, it's 
but to me in my brief scout no way um no way not no way do i think no way could i easily say he's an nba player i'll say that but i trust he will be the other guy is tyler smith he's like a 610 power 40 type i would say my biggest concern with tyler smith is that the position he plays doesn't exist in the nba it's not really power forwards He's not, um, just looking at him, he's not big enough to be the backline anchor defender center type. And watching him, he didn't have the uh, ball skills, like ball handling, passing, sort of fluidity to be a natural wing. Um, So he's a four. But there aren't really like big fours in the NBA. That's just like a position that doesn't exist in the league. What that is, is a backup, right? That's a role player. Um, And I... But Tyler Smith shot it well, and the shot looks good, plays with physicality, sets physical screens, totally competent and competitive on defense. I, um, you know, he played really well on Monday, and a couple different listeners and a friend who was in attendance told me that he looked like the best player in the G League in the Monday game against the Remix. And on Wednesday, he looked solid. He was, he was, uh, his box score numbers, he finished with 16 points, three boards, two assists, did commit five fouls, but he blocked three shots. Like, he's he's competitive and good and in, 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 in inside. Again, like, this the the size in the, in the G League is just not in this particular game, um, not quite there. Like George Condit uh, for the for the remix is like just a big physical presence, but he doesn't jump. Like he's he's ground bound, um, and so like he was pretty dominant in terms of just being stronger and bigger than folks uh, around the rim. But he doesn't he's not like leaping and getting up to thirteen feet and making it a problem. Um, I kind of think Smith will not be that in the league. I think like he just seems like a power forward, not quite a center. Um, and to me, like I don't think I just don't think that position exists. So I think he's a role player backup type. But from based on what folks told me who saw him Monday, and based on what my like very brief let's go to the box score twenty one minutes and ten seconds of watching him play. Um, yeah, I think he's an NBA role player. Like, he looks, he, he passes the test, no problem. Uh, the last guy I want to talk about here is Ethan Amanza. He was supposedly going to be a lottery pick, I, I guess, report from the, the the reports from ESPN and also from Raphael Barlow. Amanza was dominant in, in international play in, in, in FIBA contests over the last two seasons, like a really, really good teenager in, in that level. He looked awful. <laughs> On Wednesday night, he looked awful. Um... ESPN has him at 23. Raphael's got him at 28. Uh, if you didn't know any better, you would not think he's one of the one of the NBA lottery types, NBA first round types. Um, just does not have the physicality to play and against you know big physical pros and and the skill stuff. Just like simple passes, like the accuracy from when they run the. Um, I'll use some scout style. I'll use some X's and O's scouts. When they, they run the delay action, what I'm talking about is when they let the big guy touch it at the top of the key and then they run action from that. Uh, when when he gets at the top of the key, like even just the, the pass to the wing, get it and swing it to the wing. He's just throwing bad passes. He's giving bad handoffs to um, to very underwhelming G League Ignite point guard London, London Johnson. Um, if Ethan Omanza is a first round pick in this draft, I believe all of the rumors that this is a bad draft. Um, the only other guy that kind of caught my eye in this one was uh, Baba Karsane. He's a f- physical um, forward with with uh, you know good wingspan. He shoots every time he touches it. Every time he touched the ball in the game, he shot it, um, which respects, you know, you're not there for, you're, you know, life's short, get him up. But like, 
<laughs> uh, they were running some stuff and it was like, oh, well, every time four gets it, he shoots. And every time four got it, he shoots. He shot it. So uh, I was, uh, there was some plays when I wish that it, the ball had swung back and we'd seen a second action. We didn't see it. I, I think those are the, the only sort of... Um, uh, NBA-ish type guys that that were on the G League. I, I will say just just very briefly, I enjoyed the remix uh, experience. It was not um, you get to sit super close to see relatively high basketball. I did not go as a media member. I went as a fan. I drank a beer. I sat close. It was fun. Um, it, like <laughs> the only difference if I got a media member, I wouldn't drink a beer. I might have dressed a little nicer. Uh, but like. It, you you get to sit close and see relatively high level basketball. Um, I enjoyed it, and um, will I go to a bunch more games? No, but I, I will probably go to one. And that's maybe exaggerating. I'll probably go to one each season from here on out um, because I watch a lot of basketball in my free time. Anyways, I don't need um, I don't need to add the remix to my. Um, to my weeknight schedule. Uh, I can I'll watch it on TV like the rest of it. Okay. Let's do some bits and pieces, head you into the weekend with the news you need to know, including Damian Lillard, all-star starter. Before we do that, I want to tell you about Grammarly. They want to help you write. They want to help make writing easier. That's their goal. And listen, they've been doing it forever. When it comes to writing, Grammarly is there to support you from start to finish. They've got over a decade of making it happen. The, initially, when this product was introduced, it was a thing that helped you write better grammar. It was basically a spell check widget that you could add on to your, add on to your uh, website of, or web browser of your choosing. But now, they got even deeper tools powered by AI, AI technology you can trust to help you, when you need to write, help you get going and help you stay going. What You can start by brainstorming ideas. It can rewrite things for you. It can reply with suggestions based on your context and your goals, and it can improve your productivity for you and for your team. So use it at work. You got a big presentation coming up. Let Grammarly create a personalized outline to get you organized so you can transform your ideas into a compelling presentation. Or say you just need to draft like a really important email and you don't know where to start. Grammarly has suggestions to jumpstart your writing. And then once you get going, it can shorten it. It can say you can select some text and give Grammarly a prompt and they can improve your writing, make it clearer, make it shorter, make it better. The best part is it's free to use. So start being more productive at work. Start being a better writer. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free today. That's Grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. Check it out. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked On Blazers. 
Let's get some news and notes to head you into the weekend. You're listening to Friday, January 26th show. I appreciate you. Here's what you need to know. The Blazers are not actually going to protest the final call from OKC this week. The final seconds on Tuesday evening were controversial when Malcolm Brogdon got trapped by at midcourt was called for a double dribble. Chauncey Billups was trying to call timeout. Uh, uh, Malcolm Brogdon claims he was trying to call timeout as well. A timeout was not re- not awarded to your Portland Trailblazers. Instead, Malcolm Brogdon, who did double dribble, was called for a double dribble, but he double dribbled after uh, Billups tried to call timeout. Uh, turnover. Billups gets two techs and gets run out the game. Uh OKC made a jumper right after that. If if Billups doesn't get text, like I've seen a lot of people blame Billups. He's he lost the game because of the text. If say there's no text, just a turnover. J Dub came down and made a bucket. Uh, OKC was down one. They win the game by one. That's how it ends. Um, <laughs> or at least the Blazers have to you know drop a play and have a chance at it. And they didn't. They failed the other time too with with limited time remaining. So um, it, it in any case. The Blazers, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, are not actually going to file a protest. They made it clear. They made it public. They got us talking about it. I did 20 minutes on the podcast about it because it was a frustrating way to end a really entertaining game. But the Blazers aren't actually going to protest it. The thing is, you you submit the protest. You have a, a window to submit the protest. It's fine. You know, you get uh, like a week or five business days or whatever it is for for to to for the NBA to review it and then to respond. Blazers had a 48-hour window from when they said, okay, we're going to file a protest to 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 actually submit the protest, the video and the writing, um, and then pay the league to review it. It's like negligible money for billionaires. But uh, you got to like actually go through the process and they've decided not to because they weren't going to win it anyways. It's just a formality. And really what they wanted to do was they wanted to whine in public. I whine on this show all the time. If there's anyone who supports whining in public, it's me, baby. Uh, so... I mean, mission accomplished. They weren't going to get it back. They the the win the loss doesn't matter for them. The loss is good, probably in the grand scheme of things. But like they wanted to be, they wanted a headline in ESPN that says Blazers mad about the call. You know what Adrian Wojnarowski wrote that night, published at about 10 p.m. Uh, West Coast time. Blazers mad. <laughs> Blazers mad. Um, he like. You know, it's uh, mission accomplished there. I will say the NBA's uh, last two-minute report came back from that one, said everything was clean, everything was good, that uh, the uh, the referees didn't see the the timeout, so they didn't grant the timeout, and Malcolm Brogdon was rightly called for a double dribble. Wah, wah. Of course, that was how it was going to go down. That's what you need to know about that one. Um, what you need to know, we'll never have to revisit it again. It'll just be an annoying memory from a Tuesday night in January. The other thing you need to know... Damian Lillard starting the All-Star game for the first time in his career. Now, this isn't Trailblazers news, and you can tell that because it's at the 26-minute mark of the podcast. If it had been Trailblazers news, and we would have led with it, y'all, but those days are behind us. Damian Lillard in his first year with the Milwaukee Bucks, officially a starter. He joins Tyrese Halliburton in the East backcourt, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, and Joel Embiid as your Eastern Conference starters in the West. Luka Doncic, Shea Gilgis-Alexander are your backcourt starters. LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and Kevin Durant start in the frontcourt. Uh, I think the East is pretty much correct. Uh, 
Uh, Dame won a tiebreaker over Jalen Brunson, and the tiebreaker comes down to the fan vote. And that's right, another loss for big markets. They just can't. It's just so hard for large markets in the NBA to have stars on their team like the New York Knicks, and Jalen Brunson just doesn't have enough fans. It's just a real challenge for... um, for big market teams to compete with the stardom of the Midwest. <laughs> That's right. Damian Lillard of the Milwaukee Bucks got was finished third in the fan vote. Jalen Brunson was fifth. Uh, Trey Young was second if you're scoring at home. And and, and fan vote is your tiebreaker. Da- Damian Lillard starting the All-Star game for the first time in his career. Congrats to Dame. I think they got it right in the East. Like, I think you could make a case that Brunson's been better than Dame. Dame's definitely an All-Star this year. No question about it. But starter, it's like uh, hard to parse. I don't know. I, I, Dame's been really good, but worse than he's been in the, like, he's not shooting as well as he has in the past. Um, and Brunson's been great he's been incredible um i don't think it's that big of to me this is thing isn't a big isn't that big of a deal because you won't remember it like you only re- like you you, won't, you only remember it if you're like a dork like me and the dork like you who's listening shout out to my dorks um but like i think it's fine in the west i probably would have had Kawhi leonard and or, or anthony davis but i think Kawhi leonard over lebron lebron's been incredible lebron's made his 20th all-star game he's earned like he's 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 made 20 straight All-Star games, and he's played at an All-Star level for 20 straight years. Like, All-Star starter, whatever. He's probably he's not starter quality for me this year, but All-Star, yes. LeBron James, unquestionably an, an All-Star this year. He's been great for 20 years. It's, it's outrageous. Um, it's, it, it, is, it is truly outrageous. Um, I think they mostly got it. I think they got it right in the West. I think Luka and Shea are the best two guards. Um, obviously, I, Jokic is a lock, and KD has been incredible lately. He's a, he's a lock for me. Um, so I probably would have bumped Kawhi over LeBron, but it's, it, it's, it's all good. Kawhi's going to make it on his own, and these they got it right, too, I think, for the most part. Um, I think Dame is the only one I would quibble with, and I barely have a quibble. Like, I'm... It's cool. I'm ha- and I'm, I'm happy for him. Um, you know, he's he's dude's got an impressive resume and he just added to it. Uh, the only other thing you need to know, injury report stuff. Malcolm Brogdon is on the injury report. Blazers this evening. They are cl- finish up a road trip with a game against the San Antonio Spurs on Friday evening. And Malcolm Brogdon added to the injury report as questionable. Uh, no one else knew, you know, still know Moses Brown, still know uh, Rob Williams out for the year. Uh, but Shane Sharp's out until he'll be reevaluated. He could be, be his reevaluation would be next week. It would be as soon as next week. So conceivably, he could come back uh, when the Blazers have a couple games in town against Chicago and then Damian Lillard's Milwaukee Bucks next week. So conceivably, Sharp could could return as soon as that. That would be that's the beginning of that's the will be reevaluated in two weeks timeline. But I I wouldn't be surprised if they they reevaluate him and he's out for a little bit longer. Wouldn't be surprised if he comes back and plays Wednesday night. But Malcolm Brogdon questionable on the injury on the injury report with a right knee contusion. Um, Blazers don't have a lot of guards because of their their current situation. So um, if he doesn't play, we may see more Taze more than you're ready for, or just like a lot of Jeremy Grant dribbling. And I, I think that's much more likely than Taze more moving into the rotation is just like a lot of Matisse Thibel playing too, and a lot of Jeremy Grant dribbling, um, and some Scoot and and Ant minutes, which I've been clamoring for. So. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see that experiment not work very well, and I'll get my wish. Uh, that's what you need to know. That's the show. Guess what? 
five more of these next week. Um, I'm trying to line up a fun interview that you will want to see early next week and another one for late next week. So that's two of them on the docket. That's um, what we do. Damon Lloyd's going to be in town next week. That's a very big and important and probably weird game. Um, you know, we'll have you, I'll have you covered on the front end and the back end for that one. Uh, and all things you need to know as we get closer to a week away, next week will be a week away or about two weeks now from the trade deadline. Um, it's here. Check out the show. Tell your friends to do the same. I never, I haven't done this in a million years. I'm going to do it now. Um, if you are listening to this show, right now on a Friday or whenever you listen to it over the weekend uh, and you're at the, you made it to the very end to the part where I plug stuff, tell a friend, you know, I, I think this is like, we're in, we're in the algorithm generation where it's like, Oh, it'll just be recommended to them and they'll find it. But I like, do me, do me this solid. If you are listening to this right now, you listen to my voice within the sound of my voice as some of my favorite podcasters like to say, um, go tell someone about the show. Like a, just a word of mouth recommendation. If you have a Blazer fan in your life, say, hey, have you listened to Lockdown Blazers? I enjoy it. I think you would too. Do that. Come back next week. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.